Today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, and this is the Weekly Refresh. In Matthew 10, Jesus warns his disciples about the impending reality of their ministry of suffering after he departs from this earth. Jesus' time with the disciples was, among many other things, a time of preparation for the disciples to continue the gospel work of spreading the truth and establishing the church. But such work will cost the disciples, just as it cost Jesus his life. In Matthew 10:16, Jesus says to them, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. That which the disciples faced after Jesus departed required that they be wise enough to perceive and understand the schemes of the enemy and the foolishness of men who employ those schemes. But with such a shrewd understanding of evil, there would be a temptation to become distraught over the excessive challenges and overwhelming attacks of the enemy. Therefore, Jesus commands them to be wise to the schemes of the enemy. He also balances that wisdom with the encouragement to hold fast to holiness by remaining faithful. Jesus continues his warning in Matthew 10, 17. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in the synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. This is exactly what happened to the disciples several times throughout Acts. The Jews seized them, questioned them, and beat them often. They also handed them over to the Romans, like in Paul's case, to be flogged and beaten. Paul specifically had the opportunity through his imprisonment to preach the gospel to Governor Felix and Festus, as well as to King Agrippa, but only through initial suffering. Jesus continues in Matthew 10:19. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious about how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. In the midst of the warning, Jesus offers peace to their anxiety of having to preach the gospel during their persecution. Keep in mind that while Jesus is saying this to his disciples, they do not fully understand the gospel. They are yet to comprehend the intention of Jesus to die and rise from the dead as a means of fulfilling his gospel ministry. It's like when you start a new job and your boss is explaining what you'll need to do, yet you don't fully understand what he's telling you to do because you have no context for what that experience will be simply because you have yet to do the job. So anxiety builds up in anticipation of having to be prepared according to your boss's directions without having the necessary experience to do the job. So a lack of knowledge and a lack of experience creates anxiety over the directions given for you to fulfill. The disciples are in the same situation. They are being told that they will have to defend the truth and proclaim the gospel later, even in front of governors and kings, which likely produced anxiety in the disciples as they heard Jesus tell them what they would have to do, not knowing how exactly they are supposed to communicate Jesus' message because they do not even fully understand it here in Matthew 10. Therefore, Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, grace, and compassion, gives the disciples this encouragement to ease their anxiety. He tells them that they need not worry about how they will handle that situation or what they should say because the Holy Spirit will speak through them, alleviating their concern for how they will have to respond when those hardships arrive. And that is not just something Jesus is saying to calm their anxiety in this moment, because the Spirit does actually do the speaking through the disciples, as is evidenced in the first post-ascension ministry opportunity when the Spirit speaks in foreign tongues through Peter at Pentecost in Acts 2. 
Jesus continues in Matthew 10, 21. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Jesus isn't talking about children being disobedient to their parents. He is revealing just how divisive the gospel message will be between believers and unbelievers, regardless of their earthly relationship. A devout Jewish father would willingly, though sadly, hand over his son to the highest authority to be killed if he were to believe in the gospel of Jesus, which they believed was a false religion. The Jewish father would consider this rebellion against God. Though that would be difficult for the father, he would find his allegiance to God so devout he could not resist obedience to their traditions and laws to have a heretic put to death or severely punished. So Jesus is giving the disciples further context for just how divisive the gospel message will be in the first century among the Jews, and especially when the Gentiles start to believe. Then Jesus drops this very indicative truth at the end of Matthew 10, 21. He says, But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Faithfulness to God is required of all believers. Obedience is a command, not a suggestion. Those who do not continue through the persecution to the end will not be saved. To be theologically biblical, we should say, those who do not endure to the end were never saved. Take note of the fact that Jesus says, endures to the end. Peter denied Jesus three times, yet he was saved and continued to preach the gospel after his denial of Christ. How then is Peter saved if he wasn't faithful in that moment? Because that was not the end for Peter. Peter's calling was yet to be complete, so even though he denied Jesus, God's grace covered Peter and moved him forward into effective gospel ministry where he does finally complete obedience through to the end. This is a great encouragement for, for us, too. We are always faithful, or we are not always faithful or obedient, and though that is not acceptable, it is redeemable and forgivable through Christ. So, like Peter, we may find ourselves in disobedience, but our confidence in Christ and his grace over us should pick us up and carry us onward into greater strength to obey and be faithful, just as God did with Peter. Let us not take that for granted and think this allows us to get away with sin, but rather let us see this grace as a means to reveal our need for Christ and his grace as the means to our continued faithfulness. After all, it is his faithfulness that we carry within us. Jesus continues in Matthew 10, 22 through 25. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor servant above his master. It is enough for the disciples to be like the teacher and the servant like the master. If they, called, if they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? Jesus is telling them two things here. One, they will need to continue to preach the gospel in town after town, regardless of persecution, until the end of their lives. That is why Jesus tells them to go to the next town, and why he says that they will not have gone through all the towns before he returns. That is his way of telling them that this painful yet joyous ministry of the gospel that comes with persecution is now allotted to them until they die. This is their life now. The second thing is that Jesus defends his reasoning for the disciples remaining days <clears throat> for the disciples remaining days to be filled with suffering. And the reason is that if they kill the teacher, they won't have a problem harming or killing the servants of the teacher. 
Meaning Jesus' suffering and death will be evidence for the disciples of what they will eventually face. And such difficult promises of suffering will require a massive amount of faith, hope, and confidence in the saving grace of God through Christ. So at this point, the disciples could become discouraged, anxious, and depressed. Yet Jesus offers them assured hope and confidence through his next command in Matthew 10, 26. He says, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. This is a most important reminder to the disciples. He doesn't soften the blow for them or tell them that it won't be that hard because he knows it will be incredibly hard. Instead, he reminds them of who God is, what he is like, and that he reigns supreme over all things. This truth about the authority of God over all people encourages the disciples to remember that regardless of what people may do to them or the fear they may feel when threatened with suffering and death, they are secured by God who determines all things, including the eternal condition of each soul and body. Jesus is encouraging his disciples with the supremacy of God over the threats and actions of man. Jesus reminds his disciples that faithfulness may land you in the hands of men who can kill your body, but unfaithfulness can land you in the terrifying hands of God who can kill your body and send your soul to eternal suffering. Meaning faithfulness pays off, but unfaithfulness will lead to eternal death. Just for clarity, this faithfulness is not self-produced because that would make the gospel a matter of works. Jesus isn't teaching us here the doctrines of the effectual nature of the gospel. Rather, he is teaching us to remain faithful, to fulfill our part of the ministry, even in the face of grave persecution. We find this to be great encouragement for our lives, as we often face varying degrees of hardships for our faithfulness to God. When we do, the fear of man often causes us to relent from faithfulness and makes us lay down our sword out of fear of those men persecuting us. But Jesus encourages, encourages us to do otherwise, to pick up our sword, the word of God, to know it, believe it, do it, and proclaim it, regardless of what it costs us, because it costs us, in, because what it costs us in this life to obey is much better suffering than what it will cost us to disobey. Again, this is not a teaching on salvation, but on endurance in the salvation you already have. This is about sanctification and what is expected of us throughout our sanctification. What is expected of us is faithfulness in the midst of persecution, which we will be re richly rewarded. And though this is expected of us, just as Jesus told his disciples, it is God who will do this work through you. So fear not, because he not only will work through you to keep you faithful, but he also determines the work of the enemy. He is in control of it all, so trusting in him is the only reasonable response to persecution.